this is uh, a, a Bolts and Bolts podcast. Welcome to the Bolts and Bolts mini podcast. Uh, here with a special guest. You might recognize him, you might not. Um, if you if you do recognize him, I we are we can be friends. Um, but we've got with us today, you want to introduce yourself? I'll introduce myself. I'm Ian Johnson. And who are you? I am Ian Johnson from Big Tire Garage, which is a fake shop where we make TV shows for Discovery Channel. Yeah. So we make four-wheeler, we do some car craft TV stuff, some 4 by 4 garage stuff. And I basically just get to play trucks all day for yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. To me, you're my Sunday afternoon. I was that for many so, years for yeah. many people. Yeah. yeah. So Sunday afternoon, uh, I'd get home from church and I would just watch Powerblock TV. And uh, that was pretty much how I spent my entire day. And I tried to do what you did, and I didn't do it very well. Um, I never quite got to Could, your level. Never got so. to that cut that in half and rebuild it. You of, made it look so easy. It, you know? it actually is. You Put a Dana on everything. Yes. And, you know, One tons and 40s on everything. I, I tried. Yeah. My Bronco 2 just couldn't handle it. So. <laughs> anyway, yes, Ian Johnson, uh, he is a star in all of our hearts, but also just an awesome car guy. And you joined us for EV101 today, I did. Uh, which is just our introductory session on EVs and, and batteries and, and what kind of what to expect when you're getting into a build. So do you have anything you want to say? Do you have any comments or feedback? Or oh, it was a great day. You know, I think it was very good introduction to EV. I think it was an interesting mix of people in the class because there were some people who had already done some conversions, mm -hmm. uh, some people who are just starting their conversion. Uh, for me, I came out because we've got a conversion planned uh, in the near future. And uh, I talked to uh, a couple of the people from Hypercraft at uh, KOH mm -hmm. last year. I knew that the battery packs were going in the spec car. I met them again at SEMA to talk some more. And I kind of knew that was, because of that whole tie-in with KOH, I knew it would be a good fit for anything that I build because the batteries are being tested in that environment. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to come out, see the facility, see what's going on, make, meet all you guys. and. But yeah, it was, it was really good. I think it was a great sort of, if anyone is like on the edge of, hey, do I replace my internal combustion engine with an EV and I don't really know all the parts and pieces, this is a great place to start. Yeah. It's a good sort of like in the door kind of understanding. That, that, that was going to be my next question is, how would you describe this to someone who didn't know what they were getting into? Because yeah. we get a lot of people asking us, will I be able to leave this knowing how to do a conversion? And the answer is no. It's, it's really, this is what to expect when you're looking to get into this. So. Yeah, I think the reality is, is, is you can't, that class would never exist. Yeah. There would never be a class to be like how to convert X yeah. to electric. Yeah. Because that would be like having a class on how to LS swap yeah. anything. Yeah. Every vehicle's different, right? Yeah. So if you're LS swapping a Jeep, that's different than LS swapping a Camaro, which is different than LS swapping a classic pickup truck, exactly. which is different than LS swapping a boat. Exactly. You know, it's all been done, but every single one of them has different parts and pieces that you have to learn through. Yeah. I think this is very much a good class that would be more along the lines of, you know, what is the difference between an internal combustion engine and an EV? And what are some of the components that I need to think about yeah. in that space? Because that's that's where I think we're at right now for people is that there is a lot of mystery and misunderstanding about Absolutely. what an EV conversion is. Yeah. And I think that this was a good sort of like pull back the green curtain. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to think about this, this, this. And stuff that I didn't even think of. You know, we, the fact that the, you know, it's a high voltage AC pump to cool the batteries, but we can also use that AC pump to also cool the cabin of the car, which is super kind of cool. Yeah. For me, I wasn't planning on running AC in the EV conversion that I'm gonna run, but now that I know I have that option, I might run it into helmet bumpers instead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just have like, cause it's gonna be an open air car, yeah. but if I'm gonna have to put AC in to cool the batteries, why not take advantage of that? Might as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's already there. Yeah. And it doesn't, I'm not adding it, I'm just 
borrowing it from yeah. a system that's already in the, in the yeah. car. So what is your whole opinion on this EV stuff? I mean, obviously it's here and it's doing some awesome stuff. From the hyper the hypercraft perspective, we we just like the performance. You know, it's there's so much potential for you know just going fast and having control and uh, tunability and all these kinds of things. I, I mean, I know uh, Dave Cole with his King of the Hammers vehicle, he was very impressed with the low speed crawling and the torque and the and the control and how quiet it was. You could hear you know your environment. So yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this because I know you've been doing big V8s for a long time. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. What is EV to you? I, I look at EV as two different camps, right? So I look at EV is because my wife has an EV. She drives mm -hmm. a BMW i8 every, or i3, sorry, BMW i3 every day. Um, and that's one camp of EVs. And I think that that's a very, and that's a very good camp. Those are your Tesla owners, mm -hmm. your Rivian buyers, all those, all those people. Um, to those, the majority of that camp, a car is just an appliance. Yeah. All it is is a fridge that gets them to work and back. Yeah. And the more of them that I can get stopped buying gasoline, I'm uh -huh. fine with that. Uh -huh. uh, and so if I, that, cause then the gas, price of gas will actually go down. Uh -huh. we, we know that for a fact, supply and demand kind of calls for that. Um, and then the other side of the EV camp is like you said, it's the performance. Yeah. Everyone who is like an EV hater, in the car guy world has never driven one yeah you know I, i'd say to them all the time they're like oh ev gasoline forever blah blah and i'm like okay go get in a tesla plaid you know go get in something that is something like this yeah and yeah. see what evs like and then you'll understand okay wait a minute i have instant torque that's flat that is insanely fast the only thing I'm missing is the big, loud, shouty V8 sound. Yeah. There's different sounds. Yeah. But I think that those are the two camps. Myself, the way I'm looking at it is like the project that I want to build. I honestly think that we're doing a long travel VW thing sand car. Mm -hmm. And the idea is simple. It's, wow. <laughs> it's the, the engine and transaxle package for that car. If you want to have 300 horsepower. Yeah. It's, you know, in all honesty, it's a $35,000 drivetrain. That's yeah. where it starts. Yeah. And it's not, you can't drive it on the street. It's a sequentially shifted box. It has to be rebuilt every year. Um, it's not, it's not a friendly car. It's yeah. a fun car in the sand. Yeah. Now, when I looked at it and I thought, well, wait a minute, if I put a Tesla LDU in the back, I get a transaxle, I get 300, the equivalent of approximately 300 horsepower. Yeah. And that motor itself, and inverter, and transaxle package, I can buy on eBay for four thousand bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, am I going to have to invest in batteries? Yes, I'm going to have to figure out where to put all these batteries. Sure, but also at the same time, that battery technology is changing so fast that you know now I'm looking at putting X number of cells in that are going to take up X, X amount of space. Mm -hmm. In ten years, who knows? I could need half as many batteries. Yep. Yep. And but I won't have to change the motor for that. Yep. You know, if I put an LS and a Mendiola in it. I will always be buying gasoline. Yep. No matter, there's no other alternative for yep. that. Maybe hydrogen, yep. but that, then there'll be an engine change or something else. Yeah. So I sort of look at it as like, this might be future-proofing this car because mm -hmm. the motor can stay the same and then as the battery technology evolves. And then realistically, if I get a 100 mile range out of it, I think that's great yeah. because honestly, I don't think I've ever spent a hundred miles in an off-road <laughs> car in a day anyway. I don't know if you'd want to. No, so I think it would just be, and I just think it, it's, it's, it's a fun, to me, it's kind of an interesting way to sort of like adapt this to yeah. something different kind yeah. of thing. I just want to revisit that. A long travel yep. VW thing. Yep. I've always wanted a thing. Uh -huh. I love things. My first car was a type one VW, but, and I still have it. Uh -huh. And it's it's a 2276 dual dual car, cool little cool little car. 
I've always wanted a thing. And so I found a thing, uh -huh. and I also wanted a Baja bug thing. And oh, so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. well, why don't I turn this thing That's into my sand car? And that was all it was. And I had, so I had the chassis drawn, and it really was. It was going to be LS with Mendiola, except the price point of that was insane. Like, yeah. it really was. It was 30 some odd thousand dollars just for yeah. the drivetrain. And then you got to do axle shafts and you got to do hubs. Yeah. So that was, honestly, I think that at the end of the day, I'll probably end up with the same amount of money into it on an EV, mm -hmm. just based on cost of batteries. Yeah. But I think it will be a little bit different of a car. Plus yeah. the instant torque on that's gonna be so much fun. Well, and the maintenance is probably gonna be drastically oh, less. Oh, yeah, that Less viewing part, yep. less moving parts, less yep. fluids in there that can seals yeah. and things. The Mendiola transaxle, even when you talk to Mendiola, they'll tell you if you're over 300 horsepower or anywhere near 300 horsepower, you will do a clutch a year, no matter what, and then you and like I said, they do not recommend driving it on the street at all, because <laughs> it's a sequentially shifted box. Uh -huh. And then it's all they also tell you um, it must be rebuilt every year. Yeah. And so you're pulling that out every year, sending it off, having a cryoed, having certain parts heat treated, and then reassembling it. And that's a five thousand dollar bill every year just to use it again next yeah. year. Yeah. So if if I if we can get a Tesla LDU in the back that has a good, I mean, these these sand cars you might do you might do 500 miles a year yeah. if you're really using it yeah. type of thing. And in that case, that motor is probably never gonna even have to be serviced. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. yeah, that's one thing that we hear a lot from the racing camps is, you know, we just wanna race. We don't wanna have to fix all the time. We don't mm -hmm. wanna be stuck in the pits. We wanna be out there. Yeah. And so I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot less maintenance involved and they yeah. can be doing a lot more fun. Sure, there's some restrictions right now, but I mean, we're at the very beginning of this EV adventure. It's only going to get easier and more efficient and more powerful. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So two takeaways from what you just said. Sorry, you had something to say. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I always also tell people that it, in this, we're at the point in EV where we were when fuel injection first came out. Yes. Like I, I started the trade in the late 80s, early 90s, and we had computer-controlled carburetors, mm -hmm. which were garbage. And then we transitioned into Chevy's tune port injection, which was good but not great. Mm -hmm. And then eventually worked our way through and nowadays if you were a real if you're a true performance individual you would not be putting a you don't put a carburetor on a vehicle yeah, yeah. you put fuel injection on yeah it. so i think we're at that point right now we're at the point right now where ev is so new and so fresh there's so many players in the game mm -hmm. there's so many different things happening there's like no rules right now everyone's mm -hmm. still trying to find the right yep. package yep. that i think that's where we are I think it's going to ramp faster than fuel injection did. Yeah. I think in five years we'll be in a situation where people are just be like, why would I put an LS in that? Yep. I can buy package X, yep. Cascade Motion, motor this, mm -hmm. Hypercraft battery Y, yeah. you know, a VCU X, and I know it'll all work together, and I buy the kit W off the internet. Yep. I one-click Summit Racing Shop, and over yes. the weekend I do an EV swap. Yep. I think in five years you'll be there, and I think that that's, that's where it's headed. Yeah. And I think that just it just makes the car... The reality is, is most hot rods are like EVs. Like mm -hmm. My wife drives the, per in my mind, the perfect EV. It's a small car. She drives 40 miles twice a week. Yep. That's all she's got to drive. Yep. If you're honest with yourself, you probably drive your hot rod maybe 40 miles a month. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's not, you're not out yeah. there ripping around yeah. every day in it. Yeah. So, it, you know, doing an EV conversion on it, if it makes you use it the same, yeah. and you have the same amount of power and the same amount of fun, yeah. Yeah, that's all that matters. We, we hear a lot of shops say that they got a lot of customers that, they bring their car in every spring because it needs maintenance from sitting mm -hmm. all through the winter. Yep. They take their kids to the ice cream shop, their grandkids to the ice cream shop. 
That's all they, they could take it to the car show in the summertime mm -hmm. and then they park it up for winter. Yep. And so they're like, dude, these guys need EVs. They can just park it, plug it in and then drive it, you yep. know? Yeah. So it's got everything that you love about your car, but just none of that maintenance, none yep. of that headache, you know? Yeah. So obviously I'm a huge gas fan. And so you can't, they're totally different camps. They're totally different worlds, but. Oh, I don't think it's going away. There's yes. There are no. so many good things about electric and there are so many cool things about gas. Yeah. My, my car's parked over there. It's, yeah. it's, it's gas. Dude, the, so. the, we were at PRI last year and we were talking about EV and then we we're having the same conversation and then a 4,000 horsepower pro mod starts up mm -hmm. and that you cannot ignore that. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But the so I say, you know, I think it's Jay Leno said it best. It was the truth. He said, when the horseless carriage came out, mm -hmm. horses didn't go away. Yeah. It's just people who like horses mm -hmm. own horses mm -hmm. and they value the horses yep. more. So I think what will happen is, you know, 10, 15 years will be in a situation where it's like, if you have internal combustion engine, hot rod or rock crawler or race yep. car, you'll go on Amazon and you'll have your 50 gallon drum of race fuel drone delivered. <laughs> and then you'll, and then you'll take it to the racetrack and you'll burn that 50 gallons. Then you'll come home uh -huh. and you'll probably tow it home with yeah. your EV powered. Hopefully I, I've always said that a self-driving car is to me is the, the seventh circle of hell. Uh -huh. I like driving, uh -huh. yeah. but then there's times when I get in my tow rig and I'm like, man, if I could just like put, Moab, Utah, uh -huh. climb in the back, fall yep. asleep, and wake yep. up 24 hours yep. later, that'd be yep. pretty sweet. Yep. Or if everyone blocking you while you were trying to move at freeway speed would get out of your way automatically because yes. they weren't driving. That would be perfect. Yeah. Get off your phone, sit in the passenger seat, let the car do the work. Yep. You know? exactly. so, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so one of the biggest takeaways I got here is that Ian Johnson recommends that you buy your significant other an EV yes. to bring gas prices down so that yes. we can all enjoy it. Be a great idea. Right, you heard it here first. All right, um, so let's all go buy our significant others an EV, and uh, we'll get this going. Ian, it's been incredibly awesome to talk to you. Oh, I yeah, ran into great. PRI a couple years ago, and mm -hmm. I was very excited to see you. I sent a very awkward photo, and it was very fun. Uh, I've been I've enjoyed this job because I've been running into so many people that I've fallen in love with as a kid and as I've been getting older. So I'm really stoked that you came to uh, EV101 today, that you came to visit us and just chat with us, and you had time for us. Um, so hopefully we can check in with again in the future, and we can see this long travel VW thing oh, it's in gonna, the sand. Yeah, you'll see it soon. Yeah, okay, it'll all be right. cool. We're stoked. All right. Good luck with your build, man. Thank you. Thank you.